I figured for our first episode, it would only be right if we started with a little bit of worship music. My soul. just felt appropriate to start with a hymn. Well, I've got chills. You said to move with us. But we had to make it us. Wait, hold up. Come on, Andy. We just want to make sure you guys know what you're getting into. Yeah, coming in hot. Just like the fajita. I write what I live. My life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Just like the demeanor. I'm feeding my fam. I'm feeding the meter. They got the iron while I got the steamer. I bring the fire, but you never see me. Mike check one, two, one, two. Welcome to episode one of the Proverbs 32 Man podcast, a.k.a. P32 for short. I am your host, Kenneth Marshall, here with a couple of friends who I respect, admire, and love. Grant, a.k.a. G. Brandon, G a.k.a. The what Coffee up? Shop Aficionado. <laughs> if you need to know anything about where to get the hottest lattes in Southern California, he has got you. Oh, and Brett, a.k.a. Bishop, Bishop Collier, you, with you. the wisest beard you have ever seen. Listen. He showed up with fresh oil dripping <laughs> from the beard time. for today's episode. So I feel like it's going to be a good one. Um, thank you guys again for tuning in. This is basically an audible group chat between four friends who love Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, it's probably the one thing all four of us have in common. And while we will try to be transparent and open as well as responsible with this platform in our conversation, there's nothing that's going to be off limits. Um, okay. So we're going to be talking about theology, faith, uh, as well as politics, current events, dating, relationships, family, uh, anything that comes to mind. If you're someone who is easily offended, then we're glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, it's basically four friends talking about things that matter to them. So kind of like Clubhouse, but better? Yeah, like Clubhouse yeah. without the ratchetness, <laughs> you know, or or just because there's holy a lot of that one there. All, all the all the jargon, you know, like who are we gonna bring up on stage? And hey, guys, let's reset the room, right, you know. Right. know <laughs> this is like the green room conversations. We call the green room con or the, the there we go house conversations. There you go. Um, so I know we talked about for the first episode doing either a view of 2020 or reviewing the mm. first couple of months of 2021, but it feels like. This year has come out swinging, yeah. and uh, it feels like still we already have oh man enough to talk about just with the first couple of months of this year. Very hot. I mean, it's kind of like twenty twenty two point oh. If we're being really it's honest, overtime. yeah, <laughs> you know, we ain't even halfway through. That's real. So I have five topics uh, based on the first couple of months of this year, as well as a theological question. Okay. First, okay. I want to start. Uh, do you guys know who pastor Stuart Allen Clark is? I don't know who that is. 
No. Nope. All right. So he's a pastor okay. from Missouri. Oh, I yeah, I know exactly. Dude, you didn't even have to, the name. <laughs> Wait, the where name is eluded he? me. Missouri. But, oh, so oh my goodness. He's okay. a pastor from this Missouri that recently went viral for something that he said in a message. Um, I'm just going to play the clip. Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Oh, Mm-mm. just Why right off the bat. That's what he's Why doing. do they do that? Now, look, I'm not saying every woman can be the epic, the epic trophy wife of all time, like Melania Trump. Oh. I'm not saying that at all. That's who you're. Now, most women can't be trophy wives, but you, you know, like her, maybe you're maybe a participation trophy. I don't know, but all I can say is, not everybody looks like that. Amen. Not everybody looks like that, but but you don't need to look like a butch either. Wow. But you say, how can I do that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm so glad you asked that question because you're in my office, you and your husband, and we're talking about your marriage, and uh, you've asked me this question about what can I, I do, do about that? Counseling. All right, if you were sitting in my office, here's the first thing I'd say to you, and boy, I hate to say that, this is why I don't do marital counseling anymore, and that <laughs> is weight control. Yikes. Oh, so how important is this? Let me tell you something. I have a friend. He has put a divorce weight on his wife. That's how important this is. This is a Sunday message. You know, makeup. Makeup is, is a good thing. You know, one little boy said to another boy, why, why do girls wear makeup and perfume? He said, because uh, they, they're ugly and they stink. You don't want to be ugly and stink. Oh Scientists have gosh. discovered, by the way, okay. a food that diminishes a woman's sex drive. It's called wedding cake. <laughs> yeah, so that's the snippet. I don't think this is something that's new. I think it's new that it went viral. For a little bit of context, last year there was a, a message on Mother's Day where he asked the question, if Southern women are bells, then should Mexican women be referred to as Taco Bells? Oh, so, uh, oh wow. My uh, I'm not going to get to the theology of their church or what they believe. What uh, Most of the clips that I looked up, it felt like less spiritual, less biblical, more of a, a comedy sketch, honestly. Correct. Yeah. I'm like, where was where was the Bible in that? Like, well, I mean, he was holding yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was holding it. That's about it. So what I do want to talk about is as men who regularly attend church, who invite friends to church, um, what 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 is this? Is is there a place for this? Is this just a bad sense of humor? What 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 are your thoughts? Well, First of all, I don't know if that was like I genuinely think that he oh. was being serious. Like that he wasn't kidding yeah. in my opinion. Um from listening to that and watching the clip, he was dead serious. And I mean, there should have been a disclaimer if this was a comedy sketch and you've come to church and it's like comedy Sunday and you know, I'm going to tell some jokes about the appearance of a woman, but uh, 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 wow, I, it's gonna take me. It's gonna take me a minute. <laughs> so the gist of his message was that the main reason husbands commit adultery is because wives let themselves go. But a lot of people also had a problem with the fact that he's not the smallest person. I was gonna say, huh. like, what does mm -hmm. he look like? As a, as a non-believer yeah, yeah. who's not familiar with church, mm. thinking and you're watching this, I'm just curious what those people's thoughts would be. Or just any any woman. My wife was was not having it. She said some stuff I won't repeat <laughs> on the podcast when she heard it. But mm -hmm. so now so then do you guys believe there's any 
merit or truth in what he was saying. I mean, no. I mean, to the Brett, you got something to say first? I, 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 was, I mean, I you're was, the married. Yeah, I'm not married yet. Listen, <laughs> I was simply going to say a husband and a wife keep themselves together for each other. But it's something that's done out of the say, like, we just want to have good physical fitness, be around for a long time for each other, be around with our kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Be able to run laps with him. So that's that's the reason why we 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 would even begin to talk about physical um, upkeep and physical fitness and that kind of stuff. I, I, the, the context, I don't know, but I, but what I do know who he is saying, ain't nobody <laughs> going to be able to receive that. And nope. I, I, I think to myself, you know, I, I, there are a lot of uh, pastors who have a comedic gift, but there's, there's a line. There's, there's, there's always a line. And it it sounds like he crossed it and, and like he's he like he's a habitual line stepper it sounds like what you're even telling uh talking about but i i just think that that i mean the 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 only merit is is we keep our our bodies are temples and as a married couple we we do this together in this journey for the duration and the quality of life not because i'm trying to keep a tro- trophy wife or because my 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 wife is trying to keep a tro- trophy husband okay Brandon, you got your thoughts yet? Yeah, man. I, I mean, uh, there's so many thoughts, and I'm trying to just remind myself that this is a, sort of a Christian podcast or a group chat <laughs> uh, because I really have some really hood answers and that I want to give. And I think that one thing is we, there's an element of us as men that we all have. Um, I mean, not all of us, the the ignorant ones have this standard of keeping an external, you know, whatever it is, like your your wife, your girl, your kids, your lifestyle, whatever, you keep that up. But then we don't ever want to accept the responsibility to keep ourselves up. Mm. And so like I now, you know, as a single person, my thing is like, you know, as much as I want or am asking God to, you know, present this type of woman to me, like am I the type of woman I mean, am I the type of man to want to be presented to as well? Mm. You know, and that's why I've, you know, I've delved into, first of all, I'm doing it for me. Let me just say that. (laughs) But I've delved into um, fitness and, you know, golfing a lot, but just keeping myself active because I want to be, I want to look the way and feel good how I want to feel good. But it's really easy to just look at something and hold a bar to another person, but not do it for yourself. And I feel like that is what is our fault right now. And it's making me so freaking mad because even the good guys, it's getting in our subliminal about, you know, I don't really have to do the work, but I'm going to ask for the top of the top Mm -hmm. and not feel like, you know, I have to be the top of the top for that person as well. And we don't accept that responsibility of, the upkeep ourselves and it, it right. infuriates me and yeah yeah that's good and i i love the way you put that brett because you said that you and your wife do it together yeah and it's not because of your appearance or her appearance it's for health yeah. um be touched on that as well it's like it's for health when i started getting a lot more active a couple of years ago, it was because of health. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I want to be around for a long time. I want to be able to get in and out of bed on my own when I'm 80, 90 right. years old. Right. 
Um, so let me start now so that it's not trying to catch up. So like we're making that decision because of health and longevity and ultimately fulfilling, you know, what God's assignment is for us on this earth. You know, I don't want to cut short the assignment God has for <laughs> yeah. me because of decisions I'm making. Um, but it seems like in that clip, this guy is straight trivial. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, like let's talk about, you know, weight loss and health and fitness because of an external appearance Yeah. Um, versus like, I want my wife to be fit and healthy and, you know, for us to be married for a long time. So, and he's not even taking, he's not even taking the blame, not, not blame, but he's not taking any accountability because no. quite honestly, if I'm the leader of the household, you know, in my house, if, if things are out of order, if my wife, like I'm the first to support her to make mm -hmm. sure yeah. she gets to where she wants to be. Right. And I'm really the first to support her by actually doing it myself. Right. That's how it goes. Yeah. I do it myself. And then it's like, oh, well you're doing that. You great. Listen, come along. It's going to be better with the two of us, but it's not a, you get yourself together. It's not a one way street. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. But, you got it. even you the have to accept that responsibility. Like, we have to be accountable for all. And I just found a chocolate in my pocket. So, while you're talking about your fitness, I'm, I'm, like, listen, hey, look, I'm getting right. I'm not for perfect, me. but I'm getting myself right. Even I'm though I just right found this chocolate me. in my pocket, that was not planned. By the way, I found this, and I'm going to accept that responsibility. That that isn't. I'm still holding myself accountable. Just like I would want to be, Ooh. you know, a help for. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. I time. mean, even the, the the concept and the language of a trophy wife, and then almost, you know, denigrating women by saying, "Well, at least be a participation trophy." Like, yeah. wow, what in like, the what is world? What is like, come on. I w I will say just on, for my dude. own personal. And this may not be whatever. I I have tried since that clip came out maybe a week or two ago. I have tried to do my Googles, my due diligent Googles <laughs> to find a picture of his wife and have yet to been able to be able to do it. But I have tried. Is, is he married for sure? He's, he, he says he's married, but I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's on sabbatical. They took like everything it. down from yeah. the website, but it's, it's one of those where I think it's, it's difficult for us to one preach at people we, that is never successful. I think that's one of the reasons that turned me off from the church growing up. But two, to it's difficult for me to receive a message from someone when the fruit of that message is clearly not visible in yeah. your life. Like if I know right. you're someone who has anger yeah. issues or holds grudges, it's hard for me to accept a message of forgiveness from that person right. who I know yeah. does not forgive. So I think that's part of yeah. it too. It's just, even if there was any truth, one, the delivery was off two, I don't think he's the person to give that message or that we're going to exactly. receive that message from, or just, to, to hold the women to a certain standard, but never address anything in the message towards yeah. the men. And there, and it just simply was no love in that as well. Man. Mm -hmm. It wasn't no like, yeah. Hey, like, let's all let's, let's do this challenge together. Let's all, you can't be out here expecting a trophy, but you looking like a ribbon. Like, what is that? I you feel like I would that. have a black eye if I told Anjali, I had a divorce weight. Oh, bro. Yeah. 
Right. Like, this is the number. I mean, that just pod, every like, Monday, yeah. we check yeah. the scale. Like the woman who just gave birth to my second child. Like she's like, yo, right. this number. If we're like, a decimal over, even even if it's a joke, I like even if it's a joke. It's well, just, exactly. It's a Do we taste. joke about people's weight? Yeah. Like, is that a is that a thing? Now? Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna. Yeah. I don't know if joking is gonna convict people into making healthier decisions. Right. I don't and, know if that's the way to get to it. Ultimately, as as a pastor getting up and shepherding your flock, which is what your assignment is as the pastor of a church. Is that leading someone to Jesus? Is that making them a follower of Christ? Is that equipping them for the work of the ministry? Is that building people up? Is that um, maintaining the unity of the believers? Like is, is all the things that we are taught in the scriptures to do, as believers, as pastors, as teachers, like it just does not line up, man. Yeah. Okay. So second, I would love to hear from each of you guys, your thoughts, one on what the last year has looked like. Um, what does your faith journey look like over the last year? And what do you think this is going to look like coming out? Because I don't believe it's going to be the same as is. No. So what is what does this look like coming out of this? What is what does church look like? What is community look like um i i mean i guess i i can say a little bit uh this past year say it brother go <laughs> go <laughs> always need you to hype me up <laughs> he's ready let's go let's go yeah exactly preach preach about to break out in the spirit this past year was a lot man and it was a it was a lot mm-hmm. of transitional stuff um both personally and um just uh society wise and like all these things that you can even just think of we just got hit back to back to back to back to back Mm -hmm. and stuff like we i think people forgot about some of the elements of um 2020 that actually happened like we started off with um the fires and then we went into uh threats of you know everybody was making memes of it but world war three and Mm -hmm. then you know Mm -hmm. kobe's passing and then it just you know, trickle down from there from, you know, this horrible virus that we had to deal with. But um, I think that when um, the start of 2020, like we, we started to, especially when like Kobe passed away, like we started to really appreciate life because those things just give you a reminder of just how fragile life is. Yeah. And it's just a real situation. Um, and then I think that we were we were in a space where our fellowship was really strong you know, working in the common working area mm-hmm. and seeing each other every day and, and just having this, you know, expectancy for this year. And then all of a sudden for that to stop, um, it really made you kind of question everything. And at least for me, I started to question everything. I started to question uh, myself. I started to question who my real friends are. I started to question uh, what really was valuable to me, um, what my goals were and if they were even still relevant when when everything shut down like i thought my year was over but Mm -hmm. god ended up blessing me during that year but uh my faith was in question a lot because you know the uh we we started having like a lot of stuff in in pastors like this started coming out with a lot of crazy you know uh revelation about or 
a quote unquote revelation about you know the virus and all these things not our pastor let me just, <laughs> strike and strike and strike and strike and strike and strike and strike until you have victory gotta make that make that clear pastor julian Lowe has been on top of all of it okay um and he's been doing a great job but uh with faith man it, it just it just makes you i was looking for a lot of answers that um i wasn't getting and so I think everybody was trying to figure out, everybody was trying to figure out how to protect their family and stay safe. We didn't know, I mean. Man, those early days. Yeah, the early days. <laughs> like we had no toilet tissue, we had no flour, mm-hmm. we were gloves, we couldn't find, ma- like everything was just like chaotic. Goods, people just. Yeah, 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 like the most random mm-hmm. stuff, like I it couldn't find like in the things, in the stores. And, and so we were, you know, you're trying to keep from freaking out and you're trying to, you know, trust God and, and everybody's preaching faith over fear. So you're looking for these answers. But in the beginning, it was most like, hey, like, you know, maybe I should go back to the source of, of what, you know, uh, where everything began, which is God. So it, mm-hmm. it kind of sparked something in me where it was like, hey, man, like the leaders that you're looking for and the answers that you're looking for, you actually possess that. So I started going on, you know, Instagram just by saying little stuff as I was learning them, as God was giving them to me, started talking with friends, started hearing people throughout the frustrations, not just the good stuff, but the actual angry stuff. Like I called friends to check in and and do all these things. And I wanted to hear like, hey, I'm not having a good day because I wanted to be able to have that conversation. And so that sparked into uh, me holding up a Zoom with 100 black men. And we were talking about, you know, what was going on when this when the racial injustice was happening and all this stuff was just was just going crazy. And I just felt like God was like the words that you're looking to satisfy you are actually the words that's inside you. So whether it was like IG TV videos or something, I just knew that I had a responsibility to step up myself and I can no longer let the situations around me pass by. And so maneuvering all that into the latter part of this year, you know, the political climate in which we were in and seeing how people were divided with that and trying to, you know, reinforce love with everybody, no matter what you believe in, like whether what side you're on is cool. Like, you know, that's what you believe in. That's who you you know, have a, a free right to believe in, in this person is going to be our best candidate. Like, but having the love, oh, hello, email, uh, but having the, uh, <laughs> sorry, the love, episode, sorry. you know, first episode, man, we'll, just we'll all these it things. Um, reinforcing it's the callback. So it's the callback. Hey, listen, you better, you better <laughs> speak that right. You better prophesy <laughs> right, like right, right, right. in here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, just to wrap this up, but just like there were so many transitions of where um, God was saying, hey, it's you that needs to step up. And I don't think it was just me, but there was a lot of people, whether it was leading a protest or whether it's checking in on friends and having birthdays. And and you see your friends having babies in quarantine and you can't really touch them or see them and you're used to that. It was just really hard um, to to process all of that. But um, I felt like God was saying, hey, like I'm here you know, there's ways we can communicate. There's ways we can stay in touch. And a lot of people are over it right now because we've been in it for so long, but um, there's been a stepping up that we had to all do. And I felt like that was my transition from the past year. Yeah, That took like two hours to answer. 
Sorry, <laughs> but it's good, man. You get it out. You it sounded like you were processing. I was even telling the, myself to hurry up. Yeah, like, processing that's how, in real time. Man. I was like, bro, I was. I'm giving myself the timer. Like, hey, wrap it up, bro. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah, I had a I had a busy year, bro. You had a busy 2020, year. man. Okay, man, 2020. Bishop Brett. Yeah, I'll just really say I think this year. You know, when I when I saw 2020 coming man, I really was like, wow, this is the grace of God. And and not the grace of God in the sense of everything that happened that was absolutely, you know, devastating, but mm-hmm. there was, yeah. it, it literally was going to be a slowdown. And it was a slowdown for me to spend time more with my family. It was a slowdown for me to spend time with, you know, my wife and my son. And I, I got such I had such yeah. amazing time with God. Yeah, man. I had, I got to re, I didn't, I didn't have to change my goals. Um, my goals for the year were focus on the family, focus on my health and focus on the work at the job and the people. So I was making calls after call after call, just talking to people. And literally, I mean, you know, obviously there's the difficulties that come with it, but you know, I, I was a, I was a fortunate person. I still had a paycheck. I still had, you know, things that were transpiring. I, you know, I had my family around me and I really took this as like, the Lord was like, you can really use this time, Brett, mm-hmm. to spend this time with me and, and others and really come out of this thing directed. Like, take your time. I've read so many books. I listened to so much stuff. I had therapy once a week. I had a spiritual mentor once a week. I had a Bible coach. I had a financial coach. Like, all during, like, the t- stuff I was finding time that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. So I think that that was just really, like, that time was it, it's it's it was the time yeah. to make moments yeah. and it was That's the time good. to really like that we're not going to get back my son will say the 3 hours that we spent a day playing together learning sports he's going to be like dad <laughs> we never going we, we may never have that again so that was that was really yeah. what it was for me and uh, i got a lot from it but i also really learned a lot too and i learned a lot from people that were going through a lot Man. and i got to empathize a lot with people wow. and be there for them and just provide a shoulder to lean on man and that was that's really the community like yeah, i was exactly. thankful that yeah. i didn't yeah. stop reaching out yeah. during that time because people needed it so they needed that check in man that's that what what about you I mean, it was a wild year. We don't even have to go into the details because any anybody listening, you say 2020, I think we, we all right. we all know. But, you know, I could see it in two ways. At the end of 2020 on New Year's Eve, I was down at the beach, got to see the last sunset of 2020. And a lot of people on the 31st of December were, you know, posting on Instagram and all over the place, like, you know, good riddance, goodbye. We, you know, so glad 2020 is behind us. And I'm sitting there appreciating the last sunset of 2020 going, oh my gosh, this year was such a gift because of being able to slow down. Everything stopped. You know, I was removed from routines and habits that I had. And it's like, get to reset and in terms of my spiritual growth and like trajectory, it took off because all of a sudden there was time and, you know, getting stuck into Bible studies with our team and, you know, having that weekly check-in, you know, on, on Zoom, I know we're all Zoomed out, but I got to do that once a week and talk about the Bible, talk about what God's speaking to me through his word. And that was part of the gift, you know? But on the flip side of that, it was a really 
difficult year as well, right. especially yeah. as a single person going into a quarantine, literally uh, I'm grateful that I live with a roommate, but again, like we're independent, you know, isolated ourselves. And it was hard, you know, seeing people quarantining, but it's like, oh, well, it's someone with their wife and their family. So at least there were people with them and I'm here on my own and yeah, completely yeah, separated. Yeah, completely separated from my immediate family. We're split over three continents. So not being able to have the, oh, remember quarantine and lockdown? It was so much fun. We were all together. Yeah. I didn't have that. Like I was literally alone. Um, and then add to that, I don't know what's happening with COVID in the UK and South Africa. So there's, I was worried about my family. It's like how, like, I know I'm okay because, you know, I'm, I'm in it over here. We're doing what, I just don't know what was going on in those other places. So it was, you know, it was lonely. It was scary at times, especially at the beginning. Like we didn't know what was going on with this mm. thing. And my parents in their sixties and the first thing you hear is like, it hits older people. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, are they going to be the first ones to go from this? Like it's all of those things are playing over and over in my head. But like I said, on the flip side of this, my relationship with God is like blowing up. It's going crazy. It's like I'd never experienced before, which definitely grounded me and saw me through those rough those rough times of yeah. loneliness and being alone. And, you know, I feel like coming out of 2020 a lot stronger, a lot more mature. You know, my my faith is rock solid, which I, I believe, like, I, honestly, at the beginning of 2020, going through the motions, you know, like it's so easy, especially being a church staff member, like it's so easy just to be on autopilot almost, just, just doing the stuff, you know, just day-to-day -day things and the interruption came and that's when when everything changed so i yeah. am continuing to talk about 2020 as a gift i feel like the year was a year of pressing of refinement um, it feels like two different experiences the experience of grieving with people and trying to be there for people emotionally when you can't physically be with them because sometimes it's not about saying the right words it's just about sitting there with them in it and we had a number of people who lost loved ones and we were pregnant with our second child which i think that shaped a lot of how we responded mm -hmm. one we're in a two-bedroom apartment if i get covid where am i going to quarantine in the car and then my wife is pregnant we also have a toddler there was a point where she couldn't lift our son out of the crib because you know she's pregnant so it's just there was a lot of things we did because we couldn't afford to um I couldn't afford to be taken out or, or just sit out. Uh, and then on the flip side, I feel like my personal faith was strengthened a lot just because I had to, I no longer had the routine of church or of going to uh, worship service or of um, Julian giving an amazing message. Mm -hmm. I had to feed myself. We still had the Sunday messages, but it's just worship was different. And it's like, I, I think the, the, the benefit of it was if we wanted a relationship with God, we had to invite him into our house. There was no more getting that that kind of faith stimulus every seven days to where, all right, cool. I got my shot for the week. I got my worship. I, I hollered for three songs. I said amen twice. I high five 20 people. So like I'm good to go until next Sunday. It's like, no, how, how often am I going to be in my word? How often am I going to be feeding myself? But then the other side is we, we miss a lot of people and miss um physically mm -hmm. being with people we took maverick to the park a couple of weeks ago and just seeing him with other kids and with other people 
it's he just wants to go play and, and see everybody and yeah. so I'm looking forward and praying that things can switch soon but it was yeah. definitely an interesting year to say the least um, yeah. especially from a, like, a church standpoint mm-hmm. I, I feel like the the transition out of this for me is is going to be difficult because I'm a naturally introverted person mm-hmm. like I I do enjoy just being at home and I'm okay seeing my friends for an hour or two here and there and like that's fine and then going into a year of just being at home and not doing anything or going anywhere it's like I genuinely believe that it's kind of reprogrammed something in me because even now as things are starting to open up like hanging out with people outside with masks on but even that like yeah it's the paranoia uh, yeah, yeah, it's the the, the lo- even the larger group of people and the yeah. time. I'm like I'm I'm just not used to this human interaction. Yep. Like it's been so long. So I feel like coming out of it, it's good. I'm gonna have to ease into it. Like you know, if if COVID was over tomorrow and no longer a threat i don't know if i'd be out every night of the week and hanging out and catching up like everyone (laughs) seems to think is going to happen because like i that that would i'm just thinking out loud here that's it's going to take me a while to ease into being out and about and social again yeah bro it's made me value the the time more and being more intentional Mm -hmm. about who I want to invest in a relationship with. It's made me more frugal with what I budget my time for, Mm -hmm. what I spend my time on. It's made me appreciate certain things and realize other things aren't important. Yeah, bro. Mm -hmm. I think it also like, it just makes you feel cautious about how you maneuver through things um, in the places that we slip. Like I was in the beginning of quarantine, like, you know, seeing going to Trader Joe's and seeing them spray down the baskets. I'm like, Y'all, we wasn't doing that before? Like, why y'all start doing this now? <laughs> like, what was we out here just embracing germs like that? The what amount of people doing? who didn't wash their hands Come before. On, uh, blowing on a birthday cake and then eating it? Yeah, bro. I would, I don't think I would ever go back to a buffet. I, yeah. I think Grant nope. may notice about me, but not everybody does. I don't eat cake if someone blows out candles. Bro, no. I either take a piece before or if someone does it, I'm, I'm good. I, yeah, I'm I'm not doing that anymore. Like buffets too. Yeah, you laughing? Just like, I haven't done. I I can't. That was nasty to me before 2020. <laughs> just, we need some self. I mean, as a, as a cultural tradition, I didn't even give it a second thought. You know, we just grew up like that. You, you don't even think about it. And now I'm like, especially when the kids blow all hard on it. Like, oh yeah, just, I've been to too many ooh. Chuck E. Cheese birthday parties for kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh gosh, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. Bro, oh, that ain't changing. It's always no, gonna I'm be good. like that. Get some cupcakes, get some I always donuts, thought I was gonna catch some of that Chuck E. Cheese before COVID. After COVID, I'm just like, oof, Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Ooh, When's the next mm-hmm. time you'll be okay going to a buffet or on a cruise or some of the <sighs> things that you enjoyed yeah. doing before? Is that so- okay? That's a good question. Is there anything you did before COVID that there's zero chance you go back? Like a cruise with a buffet where you're just several thousand people on a boat or going to somewhere like a, a medieval times where everyone's just eating with their fingers and passing out food. Is there certain things you did before? Like, I just can't. I didn't do those things before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I it's I it's difficult for me because I'm like the social like. Uh, I wouldn't say are. like necessarily. Well, I guess I kind of am, but I like discovering. Mm-hmm. Own it, be own events. it. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I'll own it. <laughs> I like going to events and discovering things, and um, especially like a huge part of my life is going to concerts and mm-hmm. um, and just like going to a movie. Like I really just want to go to a theater, smell popcorn, and go to a movie. I don't know if I'm comfortable <laughs> yet to just you know see them scoop popcorn and put it in the bag and me eat it. Like I don't know nope. if I'm I'm good with that yet, but 
or if you're in a the theater and someone sneezes yeah. behind you. Oh yeah, I think that's the comfort level of it too. Like just everything mm. that I'm used to involves people, so I've been having a tough time with that because there's mm. a little bit of a paranoia paranoia that like lingers a little bit. It's like man, like yeah. Hollywood Bowl, you know, Grunt Nose is one of my you know one of our mm-hmm. favorite venues, and that thing has you know thousands of people in it. So now I'm like, am I comfortable? Also outdoors. Yeah, but still, like, even going to, like, Disneyland, I'm like, ugh. Like, it's just the thought of that, like, just grosses me out a little bit. Disneyland is one of the places I do want to go, but I'm not, I don't want to be in that first group. No. Right. No, because you know. I I just, I just miss, like, a happy hour, man. Like, it's, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's just every couple of weeks, just a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like, trying to do a restaurant, want to grab tacos with friends. Yeah. For me, that looks like me and maybe two or three other people. New local spot down here in Highland Park and, you know, (laughs) home state, go and get some food and have a drink and just be together. Like, I miss that for sure. Will you be freaked out by like the public glasses, Mm. you know, going out to restaurants and bars? I feel like they're going to have better standards now. Yeah, most yeah. places red cups everywhere i mean th- those like under the bar dishwashers are so hot you see the steam yeah. coming out of them when they open it so that's probably gonna kill anything that's on those glasses <laughs> i will say watching some people over the last year and some of their habits in the pandemic i will never drink or eat off any dishes at their house <laughs> in the future like basic based on the, their hygiene during a pandemic i'm I'm i good. see you doing mm-hmm. that zoom like change the change like, the you game. nasty bro yeah right like, just like on ig there's some people you watch I'm like i don't know how you don't that's the truth right there <laughs> um i think i, I wanted to hop in because i think for me there's always been certain things that i never wanted to do like i never understood how people could eat like bar nuts after each other oh, or like nope. you know that kind of like just mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff where i was always like community well, chips yeah like i, I you know i i was kind of like i i don't really <laughs> I don't really know. Like, I mean, if the community is my family, then that's, that's okay. But different story. Right. Um, so, but I mean, for, for me, quite honestly, I think that like, we have always been like, at least in our family, hand washers, we use a lot of essential oils. We use protective blends. We we've used all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, my wife had, it has uh, an autoimmune disorder. So like she, we mm. had to, we had to change a while ago. Um, and I mean, so for things like the flu, if there was meningitis or if those other things that were really, you know, what you, you, you took your, you took, you took your chances, but you also mm-hmm. exercised the caution. And, and for me, it may take a little bit to, for me to get used to some things, but I don't, I don't think that there's anything that I wouldn't do that I was wasn't doing before because the same habits that I've had that have kept um, me and my family well, I, I don't, I, I, like, I understand the ramifications of what has been, been said and even the things that can happen. But at the end of the day, I, I, I love, I love particular people in my family, but like, they're, they're the, they're the same people when you, who, say particular you go outside people. That if you you got to be careful about going outside because a rock is going to fall on you and you're going to die, and and oh, I don't yeah, yeah. I don't subscribe to that man. Yeah. Like I have I have and I have had that growing up in my life, so I don't subscribe mm-hmm. to that because right. I have seen people not live their life via this. I understand what what people where people are at, but 
to me, man, like if something's going to take me out and I'm going to go, like I got everything in place for my family, but I, I don't think that I'm going to allow something to change the behaviors that I've already done to protect myself. Yeah even to a different degree. So that mm-hmm, that's yeah. just kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Are you getting vaccinated? That's a good question. What how do you guys feel? Where do you guys stand on the vaccine? That's a great question. <laughs> My mom asked me that question two days ago. Uh, <laughs> have you spoken did. to your sister? I have spoken to my sister. We have mm-hmm. we've kind of gone back and uh we've talked a lot about this. And my brother in law mm-hmm. who is a who is a um who does a lot in the medical field as well. Um and I've also talked to my wife who also remind you, I think there's a there's also a, there's a different health journey that we've been on specifically because of her autoimmune disorder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she was taking Humera for years. And Humera was really, and nothing against Humera, like, don't, you know, come trying to sue me. Or <laughs> she just wasn't doing well with it. She yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. doing well with it at all. And this was the thing that was told for her to take for years. She stopped Mm. taking it. She stopped taking it because of just the detrimental side effects that it was having. When she stopped taking it and we looked at a lot of other alternatives, it it got worse but then she hasn't had anything since her immune mm. system is at a at a completely different level i know that they talk about some things that still change with deformities because of rheumatoid arthritis and all that kind of stuff but if you talk about my wife's health journey and then also i've had a personal health journey as well which have absolutely changed the game and how we look at it and and again with all those things that i've done the answer will be i will not get vaccinated okay Got it. all right g brandon where do you guys stand um well as of what what is today march 8th of 2021 um my position is that when it's my turn i'll show up mm-hmm. if it's the johnson and johnson vaccine i'm going home <laughs> <laughs> If it's one of the others that has a proven 95% effective rate, then we're we're good to go. But um, I I feel, and and this is, so like Brett has been on his journey, my journey is um, I have not had the luxury of picking and choosing whether I get vaccines or not as an immigrant to this country um there is a laundry list of things and conditions you have to meet in order to be given visas work permits green card and ultimately to become a naturalized citizen and one of those things is a full medical assessment which includes clinical lab testing and all that but also vaccinations so i never knew um, that. Yeah, there were that. vaccinations that wow. i that i had not had um that in order to apply to become a permanent resident, I had to get oh, wow. the, you know vaccinated. So um, I have had every conceivable vaccination. <laughs> Any anyone that's out there, I've, I've had it, um, and and I feel like um, you know this would just be like adding another one to the list. And I have not applied to be naturalized yet, but I'm guessing the COVID vaccine is going to be a requirement for that in a year or two when I begin that process. So okay. I, I'll, I'll roll the dice. <laughs> unless it's Johnson Johnson. Yeah, yeah unless it's J- uh, Yeah, th- we're not rolling anything on that. We're turning around and going home. Man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know yet. I think I'm opening up a, a little bit more to it since it's becoming a common thing. But uh, the problem is, man, like culturally, we're, you mm-hmm. know, I'm black, if you don't know that. 
but <laughs> culture, <laughs> culturally, ding, ding, for those listening on audio that can't see, you know, there's just a, a lot of hesitancy when it comes to stuff like that. Like my grandma's mm-hmm. getting it Wednesday, which I was really shocked by. Um, and I don't want to say like, let's see how grandma turns out. Cause like, that's horrible <laughs> to say that. But that's the reality but though, it, isn't it? It's just like, you know, I'm waiting to see like how she feels and stuff like that. But like, I'm opening up more too, because I do want to get, to a place where um at least i have some kind of defense and and it's not like you know i don't have faith like thank god for sustaining me this long enough to not get the virus and you know all those good things but um you know i'm doing research on myself for myself Mm -hmm. to uh make sure that uh my decision is based off of how uh i feel and what you know literally today i was praying like god do you want me to get vaccinated like I just gave that to him today, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, let me guide me. What did he say? He didn't say nothing yet, mm-hmm. man. He might have been getting vaccinated <laughs> himself. <laughs> I called him during this appointment time. <laughs> he's definitely uh, over 65, yeah. so he's like right up he's there. He's like, hold on, man. I'm getting my second dose, man. You gotta, you gotta let me be. I don't like needles. Yeah, I don't like needles. But um, well, it was two doses, you know, it, it wasn't the Johnson Johnson. It, yeah, that's the official one, right? Because <laughs> Johnson Johnson just like, one dose. all right, we put Robitussin in it, you out, you know. Yeah, one dose, you should be all right. That's good. You'll you probably know. be okay. But we'll see, man. I'm I'm opening up to it, but you know, I'm also praying about it, and uh, I don't want to just be foolish or swayed by any propaganda that's out there. I just want yeah. to have a, a mind for myself. Yeah. So that's my main thing. Something we learned we uh, when we were pregnant with our son, Maverick, we learned we were going through the Bradley Method uh, classes and they taught us this thing called brand, B-R-A-N-D. And so we use that for any decisions. Um, what are the benefits? What are the risks? Uh, what are that's the great. alternatives? What happens if we do nothing? Yeah. And then what happens if we delay because we haven't made a decision? So we, with with the kids as well as with us, I never got a flu shot until we had Maverick. And at that point, I got the first one more to protect him. After yeah. praying through it, I felt peace with that. My mom just got her second shot. Anjali's parents, my wife's parents, they've gotten both shots. And uh, they're mm-hmm. both in, in their 60s. So I know my mom had some mild symptoms after the first shot. And then after the second shot, she didn't have any, any issues or mm-hmm. challenges. But it, it definitely is one of those things. Some people don't understand the paranoia of people of different cultures. But this yeah, country a has thing. a history of, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the Tuskegee experiments. Like they have a history Terminus of experiments. Yeah, you know, right. polio. And mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of things are there's a lot of reasons to not trust our government culturally yeah. um, and some people don't understand that but that that definitely is a factor right and then also knowing if you're not the mainstream person or the mainstream um, ethnicity a lot of times things are just not designed with you in mind and there is different physio- physiological differences so um, I think we're leaning towards getting it for our children more than anything um, and if it's Johnson Johnson, same as Grant, I'm going home. I'm good. Like when they call, like, oh, it's your, you're up in line. For Listen, like, okay, Kaiser, which one don't be it? having me out here with that J. Yeah, Kaiser, don't. But yeah, so I think we're, we're leaning towards it just because, like I said, I feel like if my wife or I got it, we'd be okay. Uh, I, this sounds horrible, but as a foodie, I'm more concerned with permanently losing my sense of smell. Right. and taste That's right. than anything else That's I was real. like look I'll, I know I'll be sick for That's a while, real. But, uh, as a parent if there's anything I can do and that's where I'm at. I guess I'm praying through that. If there's anything I can do as a parent to protect my children from experiencing that or being sick, then that's kind of what good. sways that decision. It's that's just good. if mm-hmm. it was just me, I was just a single dude or just married with no kids, I'm like, nah, I'm good. If 
95% of everybody else is going to get it. I should be okay. But kids definitely for me have changed some of that. Yeah. So we'll see. And that's always real. I mean, we put, uh, we put Lincoln on a delayed schedule for mm -hmm. like, cause it was, there's like 23 shots. Like there's Ooh, MMR, uh, measles, mumps, and rubella. There's tetanus. There's this, there's, I mean, you know, when we, when we were, Growing up, I mean, there was maybe five or six, but they, this is like 23, and they give it to them all at once. Do they have like and, vaccine cocktails now? For kids? Yeah, they have cocktails. And, <laughs> and I mean, and, and I mean, I think that, I think that the, the biggest thing that I've taken away and that always the people, I mean, uh, outside of G, because like that's just part of like what you have to do to come to this country is, uh, you know, when you get a chance to do your own research and figure it out, make an informed decision. And, you know, whichever way you look at it, I think you always have to do the risks versus the rewards. And right. and because either whatever I decide to choose, there's going to be risks and there's going to be rewards. I mean, I may not be allowed to get on a plane anymore because pretty soon it's going to be like, Hey, if you're yeah, vaccinated, yeah. you can get on the plane. Card. And if you're yeah. not, you yeah. can't go anywhere. So like yeah. all of that, you have to weigh into like, what's, what's going on and, and why. And now you're yeah. dealing with misinformation on both sides. And it's just, that's, right. it mm -hmm. doesn't help. Like just finding the truth and sifting through, you have to learn to make educated decisions and, and get reliable sources for your information. Cause there's, you can find someone who will agree and support almost any idea, <laughs> yeah, any, right. even theologically yeah. you can find i can find you a pastor that mm -hmm. supports anything you want to come up with and it's just so that good old confirmation bias yeah um <laughs> it's real so <laughs> last 2021 topic you have option one free speech and social media ban oh, God. two capital riot and the election cycle we just came out of and then the last one prophecy and how to identify false prophets so all just you know all it's light all topics. just light yeah exactly yeah. just <laughs> Just you know, we'll you just guys big cross eyes just got. I'm like, oh. So, and then that's not even including the theological question. What's the theological question? Are you, are you can gonna, we just skip to that? Yeah, can we just say that? Right. Is it possible to love God and not be obedient? I think I think I want to go straight to that. I mean, the false prophets <laughs> are out in both. So, I, what do y'all think? <laughs> I'm open. Uh, define uh, define obedience. Is the question: Is it possible to love God and not be obedient? to him to and his god. word or just in general not be obedient to god so the, mm. it's specifically talking about god because i can sure. love my spouse but not yeah. be quote unquote obedient but mm -hmm. specifically talking about when it comes to christ to god is it possible to love christ to love god and be disobedient and obviously we're all imperfect so no yeah. one is sure. immediately mm -hmm. obedient every time so that's not i'm not asking about perfection but is it possible to consistently be disobedient and love god well like i mean I, we're already on route to that so i guess we can go skip straight to yep. that and, and you got it oh you you, you giving it to me i was just yeah. Yeah. The Let's go. Go. <laughs> go you better go uh, um <laughs> Dang, dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's possible. Okay. You know, because uh, given that the first one of the first commandments is obedience and that is to love no other God before me and to, you know, love your neighbors with all of your heart. And all those things involve a central theme of obedience, even in Colossians. You know, I was reading that today and, um, you know, 320 it talks about, you know, children obey your parents for that is pleasing to the Lord. So I think that it's not possible to love God or say that you love God and, and be disobedient because, um, at that point you're almost treating God like, you know, a friends with benefits kind of thing where mm -hmm. you're, 
your definition of love is not um, I'm going to do everything I can to uh, give myself up to put you first or to please you or, you know, to any to any aspect of what you define love is. And I probably have to ask that person, whoever whoever asked that question or, you know, whoever brought that up, I would say, is you know, what is what your yeah, what is. is your definition of love and how far would you go to that person? Because I think there's a lot of. Uh, misconstrued definitions of that word but for me i know that it is not possible to to love god because his first thing is obedience and um you know people can say oh yeah what about free will and all that stuff but it's like no i knew what i was getting into when i chose to believe and so it's, it's not you can't yeah. you can't go into a gang and and disobey the G code and and still try to expect <laughs> to be nah, bro. You to get to, the you benefits, be right? You got you know you gonna get taken out real quick. But mm-hmm. you know, for me, I don't think it's possible because there's just so many uh, central themes of what his his teachings are, and I can go on and on about um, everything. You know, everything that he's trying to teach us, which is about obedience, because it is. Uh, um, an aspect of selfless love where you give yourself up, even if you don't agree, you know, agreeing is a whole nother mm-hmm. subject, but if you honor right. and you respect, and I think obedience comes out of respect. Like I don't, you know, you know, us growing up as, as men on this part, you know, this podcast, this audio chat, we may not necessarily agree with all of what our parents say, but we honor and respect them and we will obey them. Yeah. You know, yeah. even mm-hmm. if we don't agree, we have our own set of principles, but we do it because because we love them right. and 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 that's just what it is i feel like the there's probably something behind that question yeah oh yeah and mm. and i <laughs> like can i get away with murder be, a little bit right, 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 right. <laughs> right. and it's like how much thou shalt not <laughs> kill Do yeah I really need to but they out? talked about me lord <laughs> yeah like i heard him like i stomped him out but i'm on the same (laughs) i'm on the same page i i don't feel like it is possible like at that surface level to the question um if we keep it simple is it possible to love god my answer to that is no but i feel like the context could be somebody has a specific situation or behavior or something that's going on in their own life that they're not willing to deal with or work right. on or give right. up when it might be very clear in the scriptures that this is opposite to what God is asking us to do or how he's asking us to live. It could be like we were saying, like, I'm trying to get a get out of jail free card. So I love yeah. God, but I don't want to obey this part. It's just like, yeah, we, I mean, we could talk for hours on this topic. I just don't think that's, that's possible because when you love God, the, the love of God, transforms you like you know you love god you are in the scriptures you're in his word and that starts to transform your life um and as a byproduct of that relationship you you obey the obedience is the fruit of that that comes out of it so um i definitely feel like there's a there's something yeah going on yeah. so i have a, i have a couple verses i'll share to see if the see what you guys think about so john 14 reading out of the amplified because that's my favorite to study out of uh john 14 verse 15 if you really love me you will keep and obey my commandments uh john 14 21 the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me and whoever really loves me will be loved by my father and i will love him and reveal myself to him the other thing that comes to mind for me is 
when Jesus gave the disciples, he said, this, I give you a new commandment to love each other. This is something I learned when Mm -hmm. we were going through premarital, that if Jesus could command the disciples to love, then that means that love is a decision, not a feeling or an emotion. Mm Because you can't command someone to feel an emotion or a feeling. But the fact that he said, hey, I give you a new commandment, love each other as I have loved you. If you can command someone to do something, that to me says it's an action regardless of how we feel. So, mm-hmm. And I agree with that. I, I'm actually no judgment. There's a TV show called Married at First Sight. I'm not sure if you're familiar with <laughs> I that. Remember when those, I have um, not seen it, but I remember when every yeah. single person I know on IG was, was watching Everybody. it. Everybody. Yeah. I feel like I've watched so, it just from as many times as I saw it on IG. <laughs> yeah. So in the in the current <laughs> season, um, there's, a spe- there's a specific couple and obviously they get married without knowing each other and they're like a couple weeks into this marriage and obviously they were matched on whatever metrics by professionals and, and whatnot. <laughs> but one of, the, one of the guys, he keeps bringing up that he's never told a woman that he's dated that he loves her. He calls it, I've never said the L word. Um, and one of the mentors is a pastor and he sat down with a couple and he said, are you committed to her? Shoot. And he said, yes. Are you committed to this relationship? Yes. Um, would you sacrifice certain things for her? She's your wife. Yes. And he went down this laundry list and he said, that's what love yeah, is. Man. He said, it's the, the, these decisions that you're telling me that you've made, you love her. Mm, he just had a and thing with actually it's what, saying it. Right. And he is probably equating love to what you were talking about, a, a feeling or an emotion, but it's love is the series of decisions yeah. that you make. Um, and I feel like if you're making those decisions in your relationship with God, then, like I said, the byproduct is going to be this obedience and wanting to do it. Come on, G. Um, I'm 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 a I'm a tail end off of uh, the Bible scholar, Mr. Muirhead. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm the I'm the same way. I think that that's a I think that that's a the the short answer is is no because of just everything that everybody has mentioned, but also disobedience is always, it's really sin and sin is separation from God. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what Jesus came to die for so that we could get into heaven with God. Um, But really just, just basically, I think that, I think people ask that question from the point of um, usually something they're embattled with something or something's going on. And, and although the answer is you can't be disobedient and love God, there is also God has mercy and he, there's a process called sanctification. Mm. So like, I think that, I think that we're about to preach. If you've made the decision that you love God, but you just, you just can't get out of this thing that's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, God sees the heart and he understands the heart. So, I mean, it's kind of black and white. Like you can't be disobedient and love God. But at the same time, like if you love God and it's just like, I can't get this right. Well, there's mercy and the sanctification is a period of time that it takes to walk out to look more and more like the image of God. But there's that awareness of that. There's that not using it, not using it as an excuse to to get away with right which is what the bible says like hey don't don't get it twisted now just because there Mm -hmm. is mercy doesn't mean that you can go on and just keep sinning uh with uh you know without repercussions that's so clear in the book of galatians isn't it when paul's writing to the church 
Yeah, it's I think it's I think what you guys are saying is it's different if you're struggling to be obedient, but there's an actual struggle there. Like I actually like right. you said when Paul mm-hmm. was talking about like what I want to do, I don't do and what I don't want to do that's yes. yeah. need to do. Mm-hmm. But it that's different than a willful disobedience of a no, I know what the word says, I know what God says, but I don't feel like do it. I'm, choo- <laughs> I'm choosing something different. Yeah. Choose to do something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna just go this way. So he can't control me. I do what I want. <laughs> but I love him though. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love him. Right, right, I love him though. I mean, Brandon, God we could go down a whole rabbit hole yeah. with that. <laughs> that God is good all the time. God is good all the time. I'm about to go get this money. <laughs> I'm about to go. <laughs> okay, so before we go, that you just made me think of something. I was talking with Anjali about. I feel like it's partly just an American thing. And Grant, you've lived in South Africa and the UK, different places, so you can give different context to this. I feel like a lot of people love God culturally, but don't want any actual um, like sanctification like Brett talked about. So what I mean by that is growing up, I have uncles and, and relatives who... You know, they're saved and love Jesus and love God and they speak with this reverence, but there's no fruit in their life of following God, knowing the word. And I feel like what we've seen or what I've seen in my experience in church is there's a lot of people who, if you take out the gospel and the cross, even without that, they would come to church because in general, um, unless it's just a, a crazy, toxic church, most churches I've been to, the people are nice. Uh, the people are kind, they're generous, uh, they're welcoming people, open arms. So I feel like there may be people who, I don't really want the cross, I don't want the weight of uh, the gospel, the responsibility of following Christ, but I am I just want somewhere to be welcome, to be friendly, I don't want to be lonely. I feel like a lot of people Something to do. culturally yeah. love, <laughs> quote unquote, God, but they don't want that next step. Is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a good people's club. You know, I, I can... Right. I can I mean, I don't think anybody from that place will listen to this, but from my old church. Oh, boy. Sorry, mother. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I Sorry, say know, it confidently, man. Just hey, say hey, it. Yeah, I'm going to put some bass in my voice. But, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that I feel like that was the reason why God called me out because, you know, there was a certain time where um i was there i was preaching and i would notice that you know god's words were just going over people's head but yet we come here every Mm -hmm. weekend but there was no fruit in uh in anyone's life you know people were uh in and out you know you can do whatever you want to do you know i was like probably one of the only youth that was still there and i'm not saying that i was perfect but you know, they will go off and come back whenever they want to. But then, you know, we had no families in mm. in our church. Like there was a bunch of, you know, divorcees and, and, and you know, everybody has their has their, you know, their issues and stuff like that. And that's not to fault anybody. But um, when it came to like making disciples of men, I mean, of anyone, it was the fruit was not there. Like I would bring I remember I brought, you know, someone I was dating in high school to church and everybody's neck broke to the like while the pastor's preaching and like giving stank looks like who's this like i would bring friends there and 
it, it's just a good people's club, but it was very inclusive, mm-hmm. exclusive and not inclusive. So I think that a lot of those people, because I was one of those people, you know, you go to church and it's something that you either was born into like me, um, which was, you know, an awesome experience. But it's something to do. You have your core friends. You have you may not have anything else going on outside of outside of that, you know, outside of that Sunday or in my case, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in, in the church that we went to. That's real. Um, and, you know, that's where you, you know, have your excitement. You look forward to that. You don't necessarily have a community outside of it. You don't have friends, so you look forward to that. So it becomes this uh, this place where you can outwardly express, like, you know, how, how good God is, but not necessarily... Uh, all the time intimately yeah you know not <laughs> intimately put in the work to do so god is so it's just a good people's club you know it's just a place where you're socially accepted because we all have this common denominator that we believe in god but i don't know how many disciples there are out of everybody that claims they're right. do you guys feel like people some people fake it to to belong just to stay in oh i mean yeah i've i've yeah, dated girls <laughs> <laughs> and they are See, nowhere I, in church now. Theme. I was like, "Dang, you mm-hmm. was in uh, you was in the membership class. What happened to you?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. People think it all the time. I see friends come and go, yeah. and and yeah. but there comes a certain part where you know you gotta either feel like you gotta commit, or you just gotta go mm-hmm. out there and do what you gotta do. And they can't take the you know if you can't stand the heat, get out the kitchen kind of thing. When it comes what, to per- what percentage of people in most American churches or American Christians do you guys think love God culturally versus are actually about that life and trying to live sanctified, as Brett mentioned? What percentage? As a global church? As the U.S. and specifically in the U.S. Oh, the US church. I'm sure we could find the find the stat for that somewhere, bro. That's probably a I high guess percentage. Very hard. Is it as simple yeah, as finding what percentage of Christians tie? Yikes. Because I, uh, <laughs> I, I even feel like that topic is just so polarizing for so many so many people. But I, I remember, I don't remember the exact number, but I was listening to either a podcast or a show once that just basically talked about how, like, ever since the Bible got taken out of schools in the, in the 50s, <laughs> yeah. and, mm. and then where, like, the simple fact of like, hey, we don't, parents don't disciple their kids. They yeah. take them to Sunday school right. for someone else to teach them and pour into them. And then they come home from it. And then it's not within the house for the rest of like, there's nobody, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we, to a culture is caught more than it's taught. And, and then they're going into schools where there's no God. And then they, and I heard something, a crazy statistic with in, in college where like, it's something like 60% of the professors are atheists. So then you Mm. get new dogmas introduced um, from everything to relativism to all kinds of other things like that, that actually now start to penetrate, obviously our psyche growing up and you get one little day a week with a sermon and some, you know, and and maybe some word because some churches aren't even using the word. (laughs) So in in the midst of all these other things, 
I mean, it is a fake it till you make it. It's a, it's a, it could be a good person's club because it's like you mm-hmm. literally just don't have the the roots. You don't have any roots. You you, you can't be connected to the vine like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the big things. I, I, Angelina, and I've talked about. I really want to make sure that we teach our kids how to think, because yeah. I feel like the world constantly tries to tell them what to think, and yeah, if they don't know right. how to think. I see so many adults who have been misled over the last year, just even talking about um, politically or uh, religiously, because they don't know how to critically think and come up with their own thoughts and opinions of something. Mm -hmm. They literally Mm -hmm. are just, they're like mental parrots. And school systems don't teach that anymore. They teach retention. Yeah, they teach retention. They don't, they don't teach you memorization, memorization, you know, all that. They don't, they don't teach you and introduce concepts to make you think to go to thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't, they don't do that anymore. I think that there's a large percentage of the population that would be like a cultural Christian. And I feel like in, in the United States, it's almost as if it's changed a lot, but you have to kind of like pick which column you're in. So it's like, oh, well, I grew up, you know, Christian, and then underneath that, like there's Catholic, Baptist, like all all the non-denominational, Presbyterian, like all the different, you know, Southern Methodist, you name it, like all of those. Rolling sixty um, or Eastside. Or or it's <laughs> yeah. So it's but but even with <laughs> even within that, and and then the other, there's other, you know, there's other beliefs and faiths and religions. It's almost like part of American culture is you've you kind of fit into one of these buckets yeah. um so a family's like well we're not muslim or hindu or buddhist so like we, we're probably in the christian bucket so grow up oh i'm christian i'll check that box on a form yeah. but never been into a church and it's that thing of as as time passes so like in like in networking or in like audio things there's something called attenuation the further away you get from the source of the signal the weaker it becomes and i feel like the american church has gotten so far away from the source which is god himself and his word that the signal strength is weakened so much that we now have cultural christians and what it's going to take is like you're getting back to the source my god to get that get that signal spiritual attenuation back and it's It's no longer, yeah, it's no longer a an individual having this relationship with God and his yeah. word, um, which then, like, I am a Christian, a follower of Christ, a believer in, in God versus, oh, I grew, I grew up Christian but never went to a church because that's just, we had to we had to pick a column to be in or something. So All right. that's my, my take on that. We can end it on that. That's Checkmate. Checkmate. Real. Episode one done. <laughs> Ron said, um, "King me." So <laughs> <laughs> I got this mic. <laughs> yeah. You better recognize me. You got the little chess clock next to him after you finish yeah, talking. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode one. If you have any thoughts, feedback, uh, want to let us know if we're good Christians, bad Christians, <laughs> feel free to hit us up. If there's anything you want us to discuss or any questions you want us to talk about, p32pod at gmail.com. Hey. P32pod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.
Peace. I just remember what I'm doing